This podcast is not canon. It is not endorsed by Lucasfilm, The Story Group, Disney, Delray, Fantasy Flight, West End Games, or anyone else with actual stakes in Star Wars. Again, this podcast is not canon. Welcome to Of Dice and Droids, a Star Wars tabletop podcast brought to you by the Tashi Station Network. Join Brian, Nancy, Rocky, Sho, Saf, Jay, and Game Master Tom in their original campaign, The End of All Things. Episode 9, Drive It Like You Stole It, begins now. hiatus is over which means of dice and droids is back and hey the rebel team's here round the horn saying hi to everyone hi nancy hello rocky hi and i'm brian and of course our gm tom hello all right well tom i will turn things over to you cool all right uh welcome back everyone thank you for uh, sticking with us through the holidays hope everyone had a nice holiday season nice start to the year we are going to jump back into the rebel team and their story in just a minute um before we do we're going to do two things uh first i am going to ask uh brian nancy and rocky to each roll one of the force dice as we will be creating a uh, destiny pool for this um session Um, while they roll their dice for those of you who either um, aren't familiar with the destiny pool or just need a fresher from last time the destiny pool is a small pool of force points either light or dark side that during the game can be used by both players and the gm to enact very small little narrative tweaks to the game or small bonuses players use the light side points the gm uses the dark side points and when a point is used its allegiance flips dark side points become light side light side become dark side so the pool never really changes size the number of total force points always stays the same but the balance shifts back and forth so okay after each one of you rolls a die please tell me how many uh force points you rolled either light or dark okay and that's the uh white force die yes it is that peculiar looking one that we never ever 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 roll otherwise excellent okay i got one dark side again nancy you got a dark side point last time I have one light side. Okay. And I have one dark side. Okay, so for tonight's session, the destiny pool is only three points. Um, And our starting pool is two dark side points, which are at the moment only available to me, the GM, to use, and one light side point, which is available to you, the players. Um, Cool. Uh, Second thing we need to do, of course, is just do a brief recap of where we left off with the Rebel team and uh, what exactly was going on uh, and what your immediate concerns are as we head into tonight's session. So, um, Nancy, why don't you give us um, uh, just a few words on either where the team is at the end of the last session or what your immediate concern is, anything you want. We are currently in a swoop bike race with uh, several other individuals um 
I can't remember specifically where we are, but I know we started it out in Moss Eisley. That was right. And then we are trying to make our way through eventually Beggar's Canyon. Um, and we were trying to get on all the different speeders and trying not to break them all. <laughs> okay. And um, Rocky, do you remember exactly where in the race you guys were? When we um, left off? Hmm. Probably imminent disaster, if I were to guess. But <laughs> no, I don't know precisely. That's actually a very good guess. Brian, do you remember anything about what <laughs> was happening? Or I mean, about uh, I recall that we were very high in the air uh, as we were going out of Moss Eisley. We had a we had a view of things beyond, and we I believe we saw this incoming dust storm, which portends bad things for us. Again, that is correct. So, um, <laughs> you guys had made a decision to try to like jump over an obstacle and raise the speeder that you're in um, off the ground a bit. However, there seemed to be something wrong. Uh, most of it due to the fact that Kira, um, uh, Rocky's character, um, was hanging on to the back of the speeder because her jacket had gotten caught in part of the engine. Uh, and whether or not that, that contributed to your current concerns is, is, is unknown, but your speeder started to rise off the ground and had risen to above seven meters and was continuing to rise seemingly out of control. Um Simultaneously, uh, Kira, you noticed that the compressor, which had been placed on the speeder um, by the huts, um, had a, a, a separate small device attached to it with a red light that was beginning to blink. Uh, um, you just need to bypass it. Bypass uh, it. Dia, you noticed this giant sandstorm that seemed to be headed your way as you headed out of the city and the sandstorm was headed towards the city. Um and Brian, uh, you uh, recall, um, Lane recalls that uh, in the sort of rules you were given about the race, that you were not to exceed 10 meters in height, um, <laughs> that you would be somehow penalized if your speeder lifted off the ground higher than 10 meters at any time. Um, uh, you know that at least one speeder bike belonging to a member of the Seraph gang um, and appears to be the leader of the Seraph game, who goes by the name uh, Sonny Bold, uh, Bonder, um, that she is sort of leading the race and leading the pack and is ahead of you guys. Um, and that there are also members of the Red Key Gang who are in the race, though you think you're ahead of them, as well as other members of the Hut Syndicate who are racing, and uh, at least one other member of the Seraphs. Okay. And that is roughly where we left things off. So, uh, does anyone have any questions, any concerns, anything they want to ask outside of game before we get started? Where were the um, the people who were in the cell with us? Are they still in the race? Uh, the Karthak group. So, yeah. if you recall, in order to start the race, you were forced to basically uh, race on foot to a number yeah. of either speeders or larger um, uh, speeder bikes or larger speeders, and that in that a couple of people got into just a melee and were left behind. Um, so at least two members of the Karthak group were left behind as well as uh, a number of the hut um, uh, loyalists. Um, so you know that at least one of the characters, you think Silas, uh, either Silas or Bardwin um, from the Karthak group is still in the race, though their his exact 
um, whereabouts are not known. Okay. Well, I think we're all caught up and ready to jump back in. Okay, then uh, we will settle back in with uh, what is, I believe now, episode nine, uh, called Drive It Like You Stole It. <laughs> here we go. Oh, hang on, I gotta write that down before I forget. Shout okay, out to the movie Sing Street. If you haven't seen Sing Street, you should watch it. What, what was that, Drive It Like You Stole It? Yes, it's definitely an 80s, uh, 80s callback song. Gone um, in six seconds. Did we steal it? Well, Not this time, right? It's likely I mean, that the speeder may have been stolen for use in the race, but you yourselves did not. We steal did it. not steal it. We are forced to partake in this against our will, anyway. So. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, I think we're ready. Okay. So you guys are stuck in the speeder. It's rising. Seemingly out of control, Kira, you see this red light flashing. Lane, you are noticing that the ship is getting very, very high, and you're not really supposed to get all that high. And uh, Dia, you see the sandstorm headed towards you, so go. Okay, I need to get this altitude chopped down a little bit. Uh, Are there any controls in here that are specifically for the repulsor lifts? Um, there are no controls specifically, uh, for the repulsor. You could cut power to it. You can't, um, really otherwise, uh, you can't realize really otherwise affect it. This particular model of speeder, um, is, uh, kind of a, uh, in a sense, it's sort of like an automatic, uh, it's a very user friendly model, a driver friendly model, meaning that there's not a lot of like fiddly um accessories to it so you can basically cut power to things or you can turn them on you can't really play around with them too much um if you pop open part of the like console you might be able to do some rewiring but um there isn't a whole lot you can do without making some more advanced uh, mechanical modifications ah damn it this is why everyone should drive a manual repulsor (laughs) transmission airspeeder okay um Oh my god. Uh, uh, Okay, so my only options are to keep rising or cut the power to drop our altitude and not break the rules. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say those are your only options, but they are two of your options. Uh, I I, 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 I look behind me at uh, Kira and I, and I just shout, what, what the hell did you do? It's not my fault. <laughs> I think. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just struggling here trying to not fall off the speeder. That's one of my goals. And trying to get like back on it in one piece, jacket or no. <laughs> The speeder is rising about one meter per round. So in about three rounds, you will reach the uh, 10 meter limit. Um, You are unsure what happens should you breach the 10 meter limit. I'm thinking it's not good. The sandstorm is not necessarily imminent. It is certainly on the way, but it is not an immediate concern. Okay, I... Kara, what do you what do you see back there when you were looking at the when, when you were looking at the guts of this thing? Um, a lot of wires and guts and old sandy, rusty parts. Um, 
You mentioned something about blinking lights? Yeah, yeah, there are some blinking lights. Um, like, lots of different colors of them. Uh, uh, blinking lights, there shouldn't be any blinking lights attached to that. Uh, 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 I can think of other things that have blinking lights on them, but most of them explode. Your, so if Wait. Mm. Most of them explode? Have you ever seen a thermal detonator before? They have blinking lights. Uh, yeah, I still have a concussion from a thermal detonator. Thanks, Dia. Hey. Hey. <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the so time. So, if we... What... What happens if we just, like, ease up on the throttle? Like, maybe we'll stop going up. Maybe we'll stop going forward, but we might stop going up, too. What a great suggestion. Uh, I'm gonna take my foot off the throttle for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, how much are you going to cut the throttle? Um, uh, you know, let's say like 25% because when I put the throttle from zero to full last time, I did bad things. Okay. Uh, so you cut the throttle a bit. Um, the, the rate of ascension slows down. It doesn't stop. Um, and the ship actually kind of begins to list backwards slightly. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so you're rising slower, but you are now, the ship is now actually, um, no, sorry, it lists forward slightly. You are actually pointed downward a bit, but you're still going up. You're just now at an angle. Um, Rocky, I'm going to need you to make a check to stay attached to the back of the ship. <laughs> Uh, okay. Right into the fire. Ugh. What kind of check am I making? Uh, Mm. you are going to make... Uh, let's see here. What check can I have? Well, take a look at your skills. Which of your skills, the ones most at advantageous to you do you think would be um, the most helpful? Well, I specifically have a coordination skill. You do? Well, coordination would probably help. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So three little green dice. Okay. Um, You are going to make your coordination skill, uh, your three little green dice, you are going to make against um, two purple dice and one black die, which is a setback die, since your coordination is partially impaired by the fact that you are, um, your jacket is stuck to the ship, and you are kind of just laying splay across the back of the speeder near the engine um, with limited mobility. <laughs> yeah, this can only go well. Three green, two purple, one black. Let's see. Am I reading that right? Uh-oh. One failure and five advantages? <laughs> Am I reading that right? <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, one failure and five advantages, really. Am I reading that right or am I crazy? Okay. Well, <laughs> what um, what is the singular? You are mutually exclusive. Does it I mean, look I- like a, a sort of... Uh, 
dark triangle or dark yep. pyramid shape. Okay. Hover over so that's a failure. Thing, that's right? what I'm doing. One failure, five advantages when I'm hovering over this. Okay. So um so as the ship lifts forward, um, Kira's not quite ready for it, and you actually um, slip forward, um, and all but like part of your arm comes out of the jacket, but you slip forward over the top of the cockpit of the ship, and so you are now kind of precariously hanging with one arm back towards the back of the speeder, and most of your body is laying over the top of the like cockpit. Um, you're right in front of Dia. Uh, Dia, you can actually make an attempt at grabbing Kira to prevent her from falling completely out of the cockpit, uh, out of the, the speeder. That might be nice. Oh, dear. Uh, what, what good... Uh... <laughs> What does your chart show you uh, might be able to use there? Um, I got a three in agility. Okay, what else do you have? Um, not that agility is not useful here. Stealth. What does your athletics look like? Athletics, I have two uh, green diamonds. Okay. So you can make an athletics check. Okay. Um, you can make an athletics check, and I'm going to allow you to add a boost die, um, which is one of the light blue dice, because of the, the manner in which she's sort of falling towards you is kind of perfectly a line that you could just reach out and grab her. Um, okay. So you're going to get a bit of an advantage here, and it's going to be against two purple dice. Okay. So um, Kira, you can feel your jacket either loosening or ripping, so you're you're you know you're not really in a totally stable plate position. <laughs> Someone should probably help me. <laughs> uh, I can't clear these. Come on, dice. Uh, I've added too many purple dice, so now I can't get them out. Oh, uh, click on the. Okay, so two purple, one light blue. One light right. blue, and then you're two green for the base oh, of your skill. Two green, right. All right, here we go. Three successes! All right. Um, so the jacket gives way. It actually comes out of the back of the, uh, the engine. It's kind of a little uh, worse for wear. Uh, <laughs> and as Kira goes tumbling forward, Dio reaches out and grabs her. As Yay! part of her legs Yay! are now just dangling over the side of this uh, ever-rising speeder, and you're <laughs> holding on for dear life to keep her from falling now eight meters to the uh, the uh, ground below. Ah. How many feet is that? That's a lot. That's that's a bunch. Uh, like twenty-five feet. Oh, that's so kind of scary. <laughs> no more than that. I can't math. <laughs> no, you're you're about right. It's twenty-six point two feet. Hey. Okay, so you you've just got a hold of her now. Yes. Yes. Can I pull her back? Pull her back in. Mm-hmm. That um, would, that would probably be good. That the yes. speeder is only really large enough for two people. Oh dear. Uh, if you go back and look at the schematic of the speeder, and it's the larger of the two images, uh, speeder number one, um, the cockpit only has room for two people. 
Um, so at best, she can sort of sit at the back part of that cockpit between the cockpit and the engine, which is where she was before, and then tumbled backward and her jacket got caught. Um, okay. Yeah, I can kind of try to like sit there. This is we're in the first picture, right? Yes. Okay. The one that looks like a regular, like an actual land speeder. Yes, land speeder, uh, okay. not the speeder bike. Uh, yeah, I can kind of try to stay in the not yeah. the engine part. Who's um who's the smallest of all of us? Because um, if, if I'm smaller than I, we never quite established the actual <laughs> sort of physical dimensions of any of you. Uh, um, so. Uh, I mean, at the moment, I am going to say, um, for the purposes of, uh, of just expediency, that you are all roughly the size and shape that you are in real life. Then um, I would probably be better off sitting in the back <laughs> and letting the bigger person sit in the cockpit. You would be able to lapse it. <laughs> I would. I can sit on Kira's lap. Uh, <laughs> I am also a pretty tiny person, so... Kira's okay with that, then sure. <laughs> Sure, you theoretically can make Kira do that against her will, but I'm not going to force her to do that. Or, you know, we could just try to share a seat. Yeah. We'll that figure it out. If we're both tiny, it'll smart work. Before we strapped her to the back of this thing in the last episode. Hey, <laughs> we, were, we were hurrying, okay? This is not an ideal situation. We didn't just jump in the speeder and jaunt off to the cantina. So you seem to have solved the problem of who's sitting where in the speeder. The speeder is continuing to rise in the air and is pointed oh. downward. Well, we oh, solved right. that problem. Right, that problem. <laughs> That's kind of an important problem. <sighs> okay, who has the highest uh, mechanics? Um, of us. I have... Two green diamonds. Two little green dice. Okay, I've got a yellow and a green. Um, Kira, take the wheel. <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to regret this, but okay. <laughs> um, okay, Lane, what are you going to be doing slash attempting to do? So, I feel like attempting is a better word for as it. The, the speeder momentarily kind of uh, like shudders a bit as <laughs> Kira has to reach over and take control of the controls as Lane lets go of them and begins to reposition himself. Uh, I'm looking at the schematic now. Um. <laughs> Maybe something with the repulsor generator? Yeah, I, I think I, I think I need to take another look at that repulsor field generator, since I've got the mechanics skill here. So, I would like to use check for malfunctions. Where do we start? I don't know. He's a mechanic. He can just check for a malfunction. <laughs> Sound like a droid. <laughs> I find that answer vague and unconvincing. <laughs> uh, 
can I use mechanics to see if there's any wiring I can cross to cut a to uh, cut the cut some of the power to the uh, to that repulsor generator? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna make a mechanics check. Uh, that's gonna be yellow and green against against uh, what? Uh, that's gonna be yellow and green against two purple. Okay. A lone success. <laughs> okay. Um, so you, uh, as carefully as you can, like lay down across the back of the speeder and edge yourself to the ed- edge yourself towards the the back, and. Uh, uh, you kind of peer over uh, and you see first thing is you see the same thing that Kira saw um, shortly ago, a short time ago, which is that there is some other auxiliary device attached to the compressor, which is in and of itself an auxiliary device, that that device has a beeping red light. the uh, compressor and that device are housed or are um, connected directly to uh, the repulsor um, and the repulsor sort of unit. Uh, and it looks like someone has actually modified to route power directly to the um, compressor rather than have it simply draw power from the repulsor system. Uh, but you think you notice a way that you can... Um, either reroute power away from the compressor and dampen it or how you might be able to if you want to route power away from the repulsor or or just kind of like mitigate it that you may be able to actually have the com- the compressor draw power away from the repulsor itself um which might solve the problem but you you could see multiple ways that you might be able to do it you have to bypass the compressor actually no you need to now uh, use the compressor to bypass the repulsor uh-huh. We need Ray here. <laughs> um, can I use perception to to determine what would be the least explodey option? Um, what level of knowledge do you have in terms of uh, what is your level of knowledge? And you can determine this based on anything on your sheet as far as let's say um like what is your level of knowledge of demolitions basically and of uh like explosive devices uh, let's see I have to go digging into the sheet here no not skilled jockey not grit not high G training. <laughs> uh, Keltainer, I am not. Um, I don't know if I see anything on here that would help me with uh, demolitions, other than maybe 
piloting and maybe because I'm vaguely familiar with how a proton torpedo is assembled. <laughs> what is your what do your combat skills look like? Uh, my combat skills are brawl, gunnery, lightsaber, melee, and ranged heavy and ranged light. Uh, I meant what are like which one of them has the most skill to it and stuff. Oh, uh, gunnery and ranged heavy. Okay, I'm going to say then you have decent knowledge of, of uh, explosive devices. So yes, you can make a perception check to try to to figure out which you know system or which way of routing would least affect the auxiliary device, which you guys are assuming is an explosive. Okay, and that will be uh, that's a perception check, so a yellow and a green versus uh, two purple again? Yes. Okay. Uh, two success. Okay. Um, you uh, figure that if you um, actually have the compressor draw the power directly off the repulsor, that will tamper with the power of the auxiliary device the least. Um, and that, that's your best guess. In that case, I am going to uh, have the compressor draw off of the repulsor. Cool. Uh, Do I uh, need to make another, to make another check another for that? Check. Okay. Uh, this is going to be against three purple dice. Oh, dear. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it's just getting better and better. I feel like MacGyver right now. <laughs> I feel like this is the GFFA version of MacGyver. Uh, I've got two threats and a success. <laughs> oh, that's a good one for Tom. <laughs> two threats and a success. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I'm going to need a second here to figure that one out. <laughs> it's no Percival flirting with a wrath, Tar, but it's an interesting role. <laughs> I figure it's not a complete game until at least once you've made your GM facepalm, laugh, or wonder exactly how to interpret your role. We're never letting you live that one down, Jay, by the way. So I succeed at uh, by, at uh, utilizing the compressor. Unfortunately, uh, I don't know, two snipers out of nowhere turn their sights on me. I don't know. Give him ideas. <laughs> um, so you do ideas. some rewiring. Um, and. Okay, I got it. Um, you do some rewiring and you're able to have the repulsor now. Um, the compressor, I mean, is now drawing it like 50% more power from the repulsor. 
which means that you're drawing down the the power of the repulsor itself without actually shutting it off entirely. Um, uh, however, as soon as you do that, the ship begins to fall out of the sky. Um, <laughs> like, the ship, which was just pointing downward and rising slightly, is now um, very quickly descending at the rate of one meter per round, uh, two meters per round. You were eight meters off the ground, which <laughs> means in four rounds you are going to smash into the ground. Um, no. You're still moving forward, but your rate of descent is... Um, much faster than your rate of forward momentum. And the force of your descent uh, <coughs> lane is pressing you down like against the uh, against the hull of the ship, making it difficult for you to move or turn around to like get back to the cockpit. <laughs> I'm the one who's closest to the cockpit, right? I think or you I'm have the, the controls one... now. I'm going to fight with those controls and see if I can get us to rise a little instead of fall. <laughs> is is it too late for me to try and find some kind of purchase? Um, is it too late for you to what? Try and grab a hold of something before Kira plays with the controls. <laughs> Since um, we know my general luck. No. <laughs> Oh, sorry, what was that? We know what my yeah. luck is like. <laughs> well, good luck rolling, Kira. Ooh. Well, the good news is that my planetary piloting, is that the skill I'd use? Three little green dice. That is the skill you that, That's a good pool. Mm-hmm. What am I rolling against, though? Uh, what do you roll against? You are going to roll against three purple dice. Alrighty. Let's see how this goes. A failure and an advantage. Interesting. Very interesting. Please let that advantage mean I don't die. Yeah, that, that would be good. That would be very good. <laughs> a failure and an advantage. Okay, um, so you pull up uh, and try to get the, you know, you pull up on the um, the controls a bit. You, like, increase the power to the engine trying to get the ship just pushing forward and to level off. Um, it doesn't quite do it. Um but because you got an advantage, um, you were at least able to level off the ship enough that lane you're no longer quite being um, pushed against the hull quite as much. You have a bit more maneuverability, um, and you've sort of you've taken a step towards um, riding the speeder. But you need to make additional checks to sort of fully succeed in doing that. <laughs> all right, so I didn't kill them all. Okay, no. so yeah. but. We still have work we need to do on the speeder. Um. 
Okay, so instead of rising, we're now falling. We're now falling. And we need to stop us from falling. We need to stop falling and just stabilize for a little bit. That would be nice. (laughs) That would be very Uh, nice. Can we regulate? Find some way to regulate the repulsor? (laughs) Fine-tune the compressor to... uh, Considering I'm at the controls, there should be some way through... Seriously, does this thing have cruise control? (laughs) (laughs) No, it doesn't. Huh, okay, um... Do I I think I can make any more tweaks to the compressor to find a more happy medium where we're not rising or falling? Um. There has to be a way. Yeah. Before I try something else. So when I when I was playing with this last time, was I able to control exactly how much uh, how much power the compressor was drawing from the repulsor? Um, um, you were you weren't able to do it on a very fine level. You kind of just were able to ratchet up how much power it was controlling with more fiddling. You might be able to fine tune it a bit, but it seems like your mechanical changes are really about um, kind of drastic swings in the amount of power. Okay, that's not good. Um... Oh, there's no hitting a happy medium here. Uh... (laughs) What about about turning it off and turning it back on again? (laughs) That's the best suggestion we've heard all day. <laughs> so you literally shout at me, have you tried rebooting it? <laughs> what? I yes! Mean, <laughs> I mean... What? Uh, okay, so... How far, <laughs> how far off the ground are we now exactly? <laughs> so... If I look in there, does it look like I can turn the repulsor off and then back on? Maybe. You can definitely <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> so I can So I can definitely send us plunging to our deaths. I maybe be able to prevent that. Okay, but if it's if we have to, we can bail out. It's sand can jump and roll. We all know how to tuck and roll. We're all pilots. We don't know how to fly. We don't know how to crash gracefully. You don't seem you don't seem convinced by my optimism here. <laughs> uh, do you want me to cut it and try and turn it back on? Sure, why not? <laughs> okay. Kira, you're in here. What do you think? Well, it's been nice knowing you if this doesn't go well. Okay, so 
I try. I kind of wrap one arm around the uh, little the pillar that's housing the vertical uh, turbine engine uh, thruster, and with my other hand, I reach in um, to what I think will turn what I think will turn it off, and pray turns it back on. Close my eyes, say a little prayer to the force, <laughs> and turn it off, <laughs> and then turn it back on. I am one with the force, and the force is with me. <laughs> I am one with the force, and the force is with me. <laughs> okay, so you're turning it off and turning it back on. I love when Tom always sounds so contemplative. Ankle detention. Okay. So you are doing Three purple dice. Oh no. Yes. Three purple dice. And is this going to be my uh, my mechanics uh, check? Yes. Uh, I also want to point out, just as you guys have been falling out of the sky, that you have drifted at, to the very outer, outer edges of Mos Eisley. You are not quite out in the open... Uh, deserts of Tatooine but you are very much at the very far outskirts so all that's below you at the moment aside from sand um, are um, there's there seems to be very very little foot traffic below you there just seems to be sort of old buildings or warehouse type buildings that don't seem to be in a whole lot of use there are some speeders parked there are some other you know there's a lot of just kind of like uh, garbage and things like that so you're not really over any well-trodden parts of the city now. You're very much near um, one of the, the, the outer areas. <sighs> well, I think we should probably, like, stabilize here soon. Okay. Here, here comes a mechanics check. It's gonna be... Oh my goodness. <laughs> A single success. <sighs> I it it's a it's a success. <laughs> okay. Um so you cut the power to the uh oh sorry about that internet ad just pop up on me anyway um you guys cut the power to the compressor or rather lane you cut the power sorry i want to put this squarely on your shoulders (laughs) Uh, that's fair uh you cut the power for um a moment and then you uh turn it back on um in cutting the power you guys actually drop um five meters in the matter in the span of one round so you're now just two meters off the ground um but when you put the power back on the 
uh, speeder stabilizes uh, two meters off the ground, and you guys are shooting forward um, at the same speed that you were just before you turned it off. It seems like you have, at least for the moment, uh, fixed uh, whatever the problems were. Oh, that's 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 nothing short of a small miracle. Okay, <laughs> well, I, I would. I guess it worked. I I would very much like to carefully inch my way back into the cockpit, and um, Kira and Thea can sit on each other's laps again, and I'll take the controls. Try not to touch anything. Significantly tinier than me. Just try not to touch something that's going to break. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm going to take the controls and I'm going to point us towards the direction where I saw the leader of the pack heading. Okay. Um, so you guys are headed out there into the sands. Um, behind you, you can hear the whir of uh, speeder bikes and other speeders somewhere in the relatively near dis- near vicinity. You don't see anyone, um, but that just could easily be that they're just on the other side of one of the warehouses or something. But uh, whatever, le- whatever um, lead you had over the rest of the field, you clearly has- have given up quite a bit of it. Um, in trying in having this momentary uh, calamity with your speeder, um, and you know that someone uh, that Sunny Boulder was ahead of you as you went into the uh, as you continued to head out towards um, Beggars Canyon. So you know now that you're even further behind uh, on that account. So uh, you guys head out um, towards the sandstorm into the wastes of Tatooine. So, uh, please remind me, uh, what is the present position of each person in the speeder? So, I am in the pilot controls, and Dia and Kira are lap-sitting on the passenger seat. Yep. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. Yep, we're both just, like, holding on and trying not to hog too much of the seat. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, Dia. Dia. Uh, Nancy. Is Nancy not there? Oh, Na- Nancy's here. Can you not hear her? Did you mute me? <gasps> <gasps> Brian! I'm sorry. I, I had you muted so I could cough and both mics not pick that up and I forgot to unmute you. <sighs> it only was for a second. Whatever. For shame. I know. Okay. Um, Dia, I need you to make a perception check for okay. me. Okay. 
How many dice? Um, it's going to be against two purple dice. So whatever your perception skill is versus purple dice. Okay. Uh, a green and a yellow. So, all right. Yellow, green, two purples. A success and a threat. Hmm. Success and a threat. Okay. Um, you notice that in front of you, on the right side of the uh, speeder, um, there is a panel that looks like it's actually a compartment um, that you could potentially open. You don't open it. At least you don't open it immediately. But you now recognize you hadn't recognized it before. You hadn't noticed it. Um, things were a little intense. You guys were busy navigating and flying up in the air and doing all sorts of craziness. So you hadn't really um, given it a good look. But now that, at least for the moment, there's a little bit of relative calm, you notice that there looks to be a compartment in front of you. Do we want to know what's in this compartment? Did you mute me again, Brian? Uh, I'm sorry. What is wrong with you? Are you trying to tell me something? No, it's just that I'm out of practice. So you want to open it? Yes, I want to open it. <laughs> I was going to ask a bad question about the results of opening it, and I decided not to. Uh, what's in the compartment? Uh, no, what's in the compartment? I was going to say, what could, what could be... How could it go worse? But that's a bad question. <laughs> I'm Tom, about those questions. Don't tempt the GM and or dice. Yep. The universe does not need ideas. It has plenty enough already. Exactly. So yeah, I want to open it. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> that was okay. a comforting question. <laughs> you open the compartment, and inside you find two blasters. Yes. Well, that's useful. Wait. That means the other ships probably have blasters, too. Yes, but have they found theirs? Unsure. <laughs> but if they, if we use ours, they're probably going to figure out they have them, too. So we need to use ours first. Shoot first. We need to shoot first. <laughs> All right, then. So I, I'm kind of busy here with control, mm -hmm. so I'm just going to let you yeah, we, I think take the blasters. Yeah, I think me and Kara should sure. the blasters. There's also a small, <laughs> there's also a small data pad tucked oh. into the back of the compartment. Ooh. Okay. Can I turn on the data pad and see what happens? Uh, you do. Uh, you can and you do. Um, when you do, uh, the data pad, the screen on the data pad like flickers 
and kind of fizzles and some words start to appear. They look like they're they're not written in basic. It looks like it's either um, Arabic. It's like written out in Arabish or written out in some sort of trade language. Um, but regardless, you can't read any of it or make sense any of it because uh, it's like pixelated and it looks like the data pad is somehow a bit corrupted. Um, and so nothing, none of the data is uh, is showing up properly. Um, so at the moment, it it really has no use for it. You really have no use for it. Well, that's inconvenient. Yeah. We should keep it, though, just in case. Yes, because we will find a use for it at some point or another, possibly <laughs> yeah. including throwing it at someone. So I stuff it in my pocket, one of my pockets. Okay. Please note in the Slack channel that you are carrying a data pad. Okay. Are you writing it, Brian? I got it. Out of universe, no, but listeners, if you were playing a uh, remote tabletop like we are, Slack is a great tool to keep track of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've got us pointed towards the leader of the pack. Um, our lead has shrunk a little bit. Um, I'm not running full open on the throttle. I did chop it by about 25%. Should I push it forward again? Yes. Yes, but only a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so I, I'm going to give us like 10% more throttle to try and put a little distance between us and those behind us and try and cut the lead down, uh, or cut the distance between ourselves and the leader. Okay. Um... So you just increase the speed of the ship by one, um, which doesn't really cause too much in the way of strain. It's the natural order of operating the uh, the speeder, and uh, you guys are firing off um, into the desert, um, generally in the direction of where you think you need to be going. Um, from behind you, um, looking behind you, you can actually now see a couple of dots which appear to be other speeders that have now are making their way more fully out of the city and coming in across the sand. Um, they're well out of range of any sort of like blaster fire or anything, but um, now that they are away from the buildings, you can now definitely tell that other members of the race have made it out into the uh, the kind of open wastes that you are are in. Okay. Um. Is there any sort of way to make a perception check or something to, to, or do we know enough about where we are where we can see if there's a well faster way to get to the? I I, I look over at you, D, and I like and I say, didn't you get a look good look at things while we were uh about to fly into? the sky <laughs> forever and ever did you see anything out there um basically i i i want to try to find a i don't know what's the right word shortcut something to get to well Snickers canyon Oh, it's a good yeah. thing you guys had a map. We do. I'm looking at that right now. Oh, I can't. Right. 
I can't find Baker's Canyon on the map. North. North. Do we have any sense of direction at all about where North might be? Moss Isley. I see Moss Isley. Oh, there. Wow! That's really far away. (laughs) Well, then. Wait, that's really far away from the Lars Homestead. I'm sorry, out of universe. Man, Luke, what were you doing? Being a teenager. (laughs) You don't know what the Lars Homestead is. Um, I know, that's what I said, out of universe. <laughs> oh, and there's Tashi Station. Also, I can't exactly remember where this map is from, so, you know, the, the again, out of the accuracy of this, the, the, the canonosity of this map. <laughs> this podcast is not canon. canon. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember which one of the You don't know the accuracy of, of our fake map. <laughs> um... That- like Star Wars canon problems in a nutshell, isn't it? Don't know the accuracy of our fake map, basically. <laughs> That's also episode seven problems. The accuracy. <laughs> of the um, How long did it take them to get? How long did it take Luke to get to Baker's Canyon? Was it taking him like all freaking day to just fly there? Probably. I'm sorry, I'm hung up on this. I'll stop now. <laughs> That's fine. Um, it's it's so concerning Luke Skywalker. I have. <laughs> you have the map. Yes. Um, using both the map, you can make an either a perception or an astrogation check um, to essentially plot a course, which okay. will allow you to plot what you believe to be the sort of most expedient course to get to wherever you want to go. Um, okay. Um, so astrogation, I have yellow, green, and something else. I don't know what it is. Is it a black circle? Yeah, black box. Okay, so that means that you have an underlying skill. I mean, you have an underlying ability that affects your astrogation skill. And I should use astrogation check, probably. (laughs) So you have um, Galaxy Mapper, which oh. is remove uh, one difficulty per rank of Galaxy Mapper from astrogation checks. Um, they take half the normal time. Sweet. Yes. So what is my dice pool for this? Uh, so your dice pool in this case is going to be one purple die. You also are going to get, in addition to your yellow die and your green die, you are going to get a blue boost die because not only are you sort of studying the terrain of Tatooine, but you actually have a map in front of you. Um, So normally the idea of plotting a course is the idea of you're kind of looking around and generally trying to pick out the most A, expedient and B, safest route. But because you actually have a map in front of you and you just got an actual like kind of high vantage point view of the area around you, you have some advantages built into this. Okay. All right. I will roll and pray. Three successes and a threat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So... You, in studying the map, come to the conclusion that 
the fastest route and the safest route are not the same. Of course. Not surprised. Oh no, oh no. Is the fastest route going to take us over freaking Starlight? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> either, so, either that or through the dust one. storm. Oh yeah, that's true. The or both, why not both? Fastest route would be to travel um, more or less in a straight line. You would have to kind of curve south around the Great Mesro Plateau a little bit, but then you could take a relatively straight shot um, towards the um, towards the Mosbek High Ridge um, between Maz Espa and Maz Ethna and enter the canyon there, kind of from the southern portion. That would be the fastest route. The route that you deem to be safer, actually, would be to take a wider route around. Um, So you would actually stay a little more south and you would head um, over the uh, sands past um, the Pike Oasis and into the uh, Zelric Draw. And you would kind of come up to most Espa through there and then enter the canyon from the west. The reason you believe it's safer is that the positioning of the sandstorm seems to be along the more direct route. There probably is no way for you to avoid the storm entirely, but you can kind of skirt the edges of it if you take this longer route. Um, Also, just based on the location, the general location of other settlements, you... um, you theorize that there is less of a chance of you running into large groups of Tuscan raiders along this route. Um, and so those are your sort of two options. Uh, you judged the safer route, but the slower route, assuming no other, um, no other impediments or changes to the routes. You judge the safer route to probably take around 20% longer than the fastest route. But that's assuming, again, that the fastest route is entirely safe. And doesn't you're not delayed or otherwise, um, you know, forced off, of course. Okay, uh, gut check time, team. Uh, do we go the safer route or the faster route? Uh, well, if we take what we think is the safest route, I'm positive we're going to find some way to get in trouble along the way, so let's just go the fastest way. Also, aren't we trying to win this race? Yeah, yeah right? We're trying to win it? Let's just go the fastest way. Dia, did you... one way or one way or another, it's going to get interesting. Dia, I've, uh, did you see the Karthak group at any point while we were up in the air? I don't know. <laughs> did I? Can I make a... Did I? I don't know. We have all been kind of busy trying to not die, so... I, I know they were behind us. I believe they were behind us. <laughs> want to make a perception check on that? Sure, confirm? yes. I want to do a perception check. Um. So, that would be... One, one yellow, one green. Uh, 
two purple, right? It's um, you don't actually have to make a check here. You know that you they were behind you. All right, good. You're not entirely sure how many members. You think only one member of them is still in the race. Okay. Um, because last you saw, at least one member of them, if not two, were fighting, still fighting, like at the the race start. Um, but they're behind you. Okay. I really want to stick with them, but uh, team call here. You really want to stick with them. But we have to win. We do have to win, but we got, <laughs> I I have a feeling being on their good side is going to pay off. Yeah, I have a we feeling win. that being, not being dead is also going to pay off. <laughs> Yeah, that. All right, so we go on the faster route then. Besides, if yes. we win, we could possibly help them. Okay, I point us at the fastest route and head straight uh, head straight down that path. Okay. Um, all right, so we're gonna fast forward just slightly. Um, you guys kind of point yourselves. Um, you guys chart a. a, a a progress that'll take you along the fastest route you can, skirting along the bottom of the Mesra Plateau, um, and you speed along. Um, after about an hour, you kind of clear the edge of the plateau, and this is really the actual point where your path here diverges. If you were going along the safer route, you would actually kind of push just a little more west and south, and then you would continue straight on uh, until you reached the... Um, until you reached the uh, Zelric draw. Um, so you would just be skirting along the northern part of the Junlin Wastes. Um, you are not doing that, so instead you have kind of turned your course more northernly, but still heading west, um, and you're heading for that that um, canyon between um, the High Ridge and the draw. Um, not long after sort of making that course correction... You, um, in looking behind you, see several trails of sort of dust um, that indicate other speeders, and you actually notice that there does seem to be at least two vehicles that do head further west, that don't turn in the same way that you did, um, which means that at least some of the participants in the race have chosen the safer option. Though exactly who has and how many of them, um, you're, you're unable to... You're unable to uh, to figure that out. So, um, we are actually, for the next two or three minutes, we're going to take a very quick break. I need to get a glass of water, use the bathroom very quickly. I would invite you guys to do the same. We will come back and we will continue on with our session as the race heads towards Beggar's King. Okay, hang on one second. Mark. But before we do that, <laughs> sorry, I want each of you to roll a die for me. Oh, no. Uh-oh. I would like each of you to roll a red die and a yellow die. So make yourself a dice pool of one red and one yellow. Roll them, and please tell me the result. I've got... Oh, that was a purple dice. I have a success and a failure. 
two successes and a threat. I have threat. a failure and an advantage. <laughs> Sorry, Rocky, I think we missed you. Two successes and a threat. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll be back in just a minute or two, and we will continue with our session. All right. Here we are, uh, back from our little bit of break here, and you guys are headed out through um, the Wastes of Tatooine, and you have set yourselves a course um, for Beggar's Canyon. This is definitely what you assume to be the fastest route, though um, your inclination is also that there is probably much more risk um, headed on this route. Um, you now have a bigger problem to uh, contend with, and that is that the sandstorm is starting to roll in on you. Of course. Yep. Uh, and that as it does, your visibility has been reduced significantly. Um, wow. You used to be able to see quite far both in front and behind you, in fact, to the point that you could kind of keep tabs on the other speeders. Um, at this point, you cannot really readily see more than a handful of meters in any, one, in any direction. Um, your visibility is, is severely hampered. Um, the speeder seems to be operating fine in the sandstorm at the moment, <laughs> but um, you're not really sure what the exposure of the sandstorm might do to the speeder while it's operating. Um, you are otherwise continuing on your path. What, if anything, do you guys do? Do we have anything, like, like protective gear we can use, like goggles, so we can see better? I don't know. Was there anything else in that compartment? I don't know. Uh... Yeah, not the not that we looked for. We just found blasters in a data pad. Yeah, so to protect myself, I'm kind of cowering down and trying to keep my head on below the windshield. Yeah. Level. Um and I I'm I'm doing the best I can to keep us on kind of that straight line path, but it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to see where I'm going right now. Well, yes, I'm kind of covering my head with the ruins of my jacket and just kind of hiding under it as much as I can and holding on for dear life and trying not to move too much. Okay. Um... Okay. Uh, Dia, are you taking any uh, precautions? Uh, yes, I'm also going to use my clothing to try to shield my as a head shield. <laughs> okay. Put it over my head. Cool. Um, that sounds great. Um, are you going to increase, decrease, or otherwise affect the motion of the speeder in any way? Um, I feel like in this visibility, I gotta, I gotta slow down just a little bit. Okay. How much are you slowing down? I. I mean, I, I'm only going to cut it by one. Okay. 
Okay. So you cut it by one. All right. I'm marking down what your current speed is just for my own notes here. There we go. Okay. Um, so you guys have definitely taken a now slower track as you are moving through the sandstorm. It is very intense. Um, it does not look like this is going to be something that only lasts for a couple minutes and then passes the storms rather large, um, which is not uncommon for Tatooine, um, though. Well, I don't want to assume that none of you have ever actually been in a sandstorm. None of your characters have, but it, it's a rather intense sandstorm. Um, the speeder bike kind of shudders and shakes a little bit um, with all of the debris and stuff, but it looks like all the levels, power levels seem pretty normal. The repulsor doesn't seem to be acting up as it was before. Um, generally, everything seems to be okay. Um, however, um, after another few minutes of uh, piloting in the sandstorm, you guys hear the crack of a uh, rifle and the a bolt of intense red light comes shooting across the front of the um, comes shooting across the front of the speeder and uh, like lands in the sand about half a meter away from the ship. Um, the shot seemed to have come from the east, but uh, you have no way of knowing from whom or from where exactly it came. Okay, that's bad. Um, would someone like to fire a return shot in that general direction to maybe scatter whoever just shot at us? Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. Feel free. I'm busy not I'm busy trying to not crash. Okay. okay. You guys are going to return fire? Yep. Okay. Um, you have no way of knowing what you're shooting at. You have no way of knowing where you're shooting. So you can only, instead of actually rolling for shooting your blaster, I'm just going to have you tell me the general cardinal direction that you are shooting <laughs> and how many shots you're going to fire. Where's Which direction did it come from again? Do we know? It came roughly from the east. It okay. came, well, not the east, but it came roughly from your right. So it came right to left. I'm um, good Across at the the front of the, the spear. I'm going to turn right and shoot. Okay, are you shooting once? Are you shooting repeatedly? What is your... Uh, twice. Twice, okay. So you fired two shots across the right. Uh, Kira, what are you doing? Yes, if it came from the east, I am going to shoot back in that direction twice also. Wait, wait no, Kira. No, uh, wait, what? Uh, Hold on. Keep your eyes out in that direction and see if any see if anyone see if anything fires back at us and spot exactly where it's coming from. Ooh. Okay then. So I will actually hold my fire then until we see what, if anything, responds, or if they scatter. Mm-hmm. If we can see that far. Um. Uh, Lane, are you going to alter the course of the speeder in any way? Uh. I, I, I'm i a little surprised, so I kind of jerk the wheel to the left and then back to the right to straighten it out, but I'm trying to... I, I'm holding the same path for now. Okay. Uh, so Dia fires a couple of blaster shots into the sandstorm on the right. Um, you don't hear anything, so you don't hear anything explode. You don't hear the sounds of anyone or anything cry out, um, which suggests to you that you didn't hit anything. 
and uh, you may not have startled anything or anyone because you didn't hit anything, but you're not sure. Um, a couple of seconds later, from the opposite side, so from your left, two more blaster bolts come. One of them actually strikes the front of the speeder. Um, it doesn't look like it came from a very high-powered blaster or high-powered rifle because the speeder doesn't really react to it. Um, there's some scarring on the front of the hull, but otherwise the speeder's fine. Um, the second one misses rather wildly over your heads. Um, the fact that you were all ducking down helped, but even if you hadn't been, it it wouldn't hit you. Well then, uh, there's somebody determinedly shooting at us, and wait, the second shot came from a different direction, right? Yeah, so we yeah. appear to be flanked on both sides. Alright, well, can I, can I fire back at the other side that just shot at us? Sure you can. Alrighty. Uh, two shots at some random thingy in the in the sandstorm that I can't see. Kind of, kind of uh, in the vague general direction of where you think they those shots originated from. Yep. Okay. Uh, you also fire, much like Dia did a few moments ago. Again, you don't hear anything. Uh, you don't hear any reactions. You don't hear any explosions. You don't even really hear the sounds of the blaster bolts making contact with anything. Um. And a few seconds go by, and then you hear the sound of several blaster bolts being fired somewhere behind you. None of them come near your your ship. You're unsure if those bolts were actually fired at you. Hmm. But you can hear the exchange of blaster fire now somewhere behind you. For the moment, no one seems to be shooting at you, though. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to keep my head down, keep staying mostly in the speeder, and hope that maybe some of the people shooting at us accidentally eliminated each other in the process. Okay, and yeah, I'm going to stay down too, but what I'm going to do now is um, I'm going to make some minor course corrections going from left to right, just kind of putting some zigzag, a little bit of zigzag into our path so we're not, so we're a little bit harder to put a trace shot on. Okay. So you're kind of like weaving a little bit? Yeah, a li little bit of weaving. And still going roughly the same direction we had been. All right. That sounds good. Um, ladies, are either of you taking any other actions or doing anything else at the moment? No, just no. staying down, trying not to get shot at, trying not to get swept away in the sandstorm. The usual. So just keeping a low profile. Uh... Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> uh, you continue through the storm. Uh, the blaster fire behind you intensifies, and suddenly um, there's blaster fire coming at you from both the left and the right again. There are shots landing above and over the speeder, and there are some shots that are landing nearby, but whether by design or the fact that 
you're in the middle of a sandstorm, none of them seem to really be coming all that close to hitting the ship. What do you do? This is now much more sustained. Originally, it was just like one or two bolts coming at you. I think we should get out of here. Like, we should try to get away from the people who are shooting at us. Problem is, I'm not sure what where they are. Um, yeah. Uh, so we got people shooting at us. They're not exactly coming close to hitting us. Um... Both sides. But we have people shooting at us, so we should probably try to get away from them. Where exactly is away? Exactly. That's the problem. Um, as far away as we can get. Just try to... Do we just try to, uh, make a beeline straight ahead and, uh, just try and, just try and put them behind us? Guess so. Can't really think of much else to do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on the path we are going now with a little bit of weaving to make us a harder target to hit. I want the two of you to fire it to fire in kind of uh kind of forty five degree arcs to the left and right to just try and uh just try and give us a little suppression fire. Okay. All right. Do we have to roll for this one? Nope. Uh, again, since you really don't know what you're shooting at, and there's no, there's no target that you could really, there's no target you can even really see, or you have any real direction of, which means there's basically no way you can hit this, hit something. Uh, you don't have to roll for it. You can just sort of play it out. All right. Sounds good. So I am returning fire and sincerely hoping that I'm hitting at least something that's attacking us. Same with you, uh, Dia? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're still heading in the same direction. We've got some suppression fire uh, going to the left and right now. And we're all just still kind of keeping a low profile and hoping we can just make it through this barrage of fire. Yep. Alright, that's a pretty good idea. Are you... I, I, uh, I forgot, Brian. Are you increasing the throttle speed at all, or are you just sort of maintaining pace and laying down fire in all directions? Yeah, I, I still can't see too much, so I don't feel too good about increasing speed lest I run into some rock in front of us that would end our day real quick. So same speed, same general direction, same bobbing and weaving. Do, um, where exactly are we on the map right now? Um, it's 
hard for you to really tell because you can't really identify any landmarks around you. Sure. You guess that you are nearing the um, that sort of easternmost edge of the uh, Mozpic High Range. Um, uh, so you're not really into that valley between that and the draw, but you're 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 close to that. Um, you've traversed most of the open part of the the desert, um, and if you can reach the 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 high range and reach that kind of area heading up towards um, Mazesna, Ethna or Entha, excuse me, um, you might be able to use the kind of canyon as a bit of a um, buffer against the sandstorm. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Hmm. Yes, that would be so useful. you're nearing that, but you haven't quite done so yet. Okay, that would be very useful. So, judging by the map, you want to try to stay north because that's we want to make sure that when we get in the canyon that we're near the edge so we can use it as shelter. Okay, so I I'm taking us is I'm taking us uh, as far north as we can go. I'm waiting for you to give me the cue as to when to take that 90 degree turn left. Yeah. Okay. Um Anything else we're doing to prepare ourselves? We're we just going to try and ride this out and keep blasting north. Apparently so. Yeah. Blasting north? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Um, somewhere behind you, you hear an explosion. Um, you don't see one because, again, the sand storm is pretty thick, but you hear an explosion, and for the first time, you actually hear the cries of someone in anguish. Oh, no. Um, you actually hear the sound of someone being affected by an explosion. Um, all right. Um, so you guys press forward, and there's some blaster fire that still comes your way, but it seems like your like setup of, of return cover fire has worked or helped to some extent, and you are... Um, you are able to um, kind of keep ahead of whatever fighting and, and blaster fire is going on behind you, and it soon begins to dissipate a bit. Um, you're still getting some random shots at you, but they're even wilder than before. They're even further off, further off target from you, and you feel like you've kind of pressed past the danger. Um, Brian, you also, uh, Lane, you also start to see that in front of you, um, even though, you know, you don't have a lot of depth perception and a lot of uh, draw distance because of the, the sandstorm, you actually notice that it's there looks to be a lot more shadow up ahead of you, not far, um, which suggests to you that you are actually coming in range of the high range and of some of the higher canyon cliffs that are kind of you know, blocking light or creating more shadows across the ground in front of you. So that's a kind of tip off to you that you seem to be approaching that that area. Okay, we want to use these canyon walls to buffer against the storm, right? Yes. Oh, yes. 
Okay, so I I, I want to angle us towards those shadows to try and get us a little bit more cover, and then just kind of hug hug the or uh, hug the high range. Um, because I know if I hug the high if I hug the high range, uh, based on what I saw on the map, that's going to eventually steer me towards Moss Entha. Okay. Any objections sounds, to that? Sounds good to me. Sounds good. All right, let's uh Let's uh okay, we um, we're going to hug that uh same same speed just uh, hugging the canyon walls for some protection. And okay. I'm just here hanging on trying not to do anything else stupid. A most noble pursuit. Um <laughs> Okay, so you guys do that. You kind of veer yourselves a little more north, but hug the wall as best you can. And um, after a little more time passes, um, the the you kind of get enough into that canyon that the the sandstorm dissipates a little bit. You can start to see a little bit more ahead of yourself and to the sides. You can actually now um, make out at least the outline of the canyon wall, um, and. You don't really hear blaster fire anymore. There are no blaster shots coming at you. It looks like you've kind of pulled away from whatever the the danger was. And you guys continue onward up towards Beggar's Canyon. You anticipate that you are now no more than an hour away from entering uh, the canyon and thus an hour or so away from wherever the end of the race will be. Cool. Mm -hmm. Does anyone plan on doing anything in that hour that is different from what you're doing right at the moment in terms of just traveling? Okay. You've got, you've still got that data pad, right? Yes. And it looks scrambled to you. Yes. It was just, scrambled when I tried to turn it on. Anybody have good computers skill? Um, hmm. Let's see. One rank, one yellow die, and one little green die. Two green. Kira, you want, you want to take a look at that, see if there's anything you can do with it? Sure. Um, other than the yellow and the green, is there anything else I roll? Um, yeah, you need to roll against, uh, three purple dice. Hmm. (coughs) One yellow, one green, three purple. Oops. Oh, wait, two successes. Okay. Uh, so you, okay, um, so you turn the data pad over and you start to like fiddle with it and you are doing your best. Do you think that, um, the like flickering and stuff is due to some sort of like problem with the energy source on the, uh, energy source on the, 
the data pad and that, you know, you're just trying to like kind of rewire parts of it or just make sure that all the connections are properly in place and that that should fix things. Um, however, uh, as you, when you do that, um, you actually get like a, a strong electrical current actually runs through your arm, um, and causes your whole arm to like lock up for a second and you drop the data pad in inside the cockpit. Oh, um, and you are going to take an injury. Ow. Aww. So, you are going to suffer an injury due to uh, electrocution here. Ow. So I need you to roll uh, the percentile dice or die. Ooh, do we have one on this dice chart? Hmm, there is not one on this dice chart, which is rather odd. <coughs> so essentially, I need you to roll a d100. Um, so we're going to do this. Uh, Rocky, I'm going to drop you a link. Excellent. Into Slack. It's just a random number generator, which works. Oh, good. As well. Um, set. Make sure the parameters are set 0 to 100. And then roll a number. Do not tell me what number you got just yet. So what appears to have happened is that this data pad had some sort of security uh, on it that... Kira failed to search for and or recognize, and that in doing so, she uh, she tripped it and has suffered a rather strong um, strong electrical like injury. Wow. So, in addition <coughs> to that, you are actually going to take uh, four wounds. Nope. Right now. Yes. So you're going to take four wounds and you also are suffering a critical injury. Yeah. So, Ow! <laughs> wow, that was more serious than I thought. Mm-hmm. All right, so four wounds and one critical injury. Four wounds. Yes. Uh, whenever you want, tell me what number you got. Oh, okay. Number 53. Okay. So, uh, 53. All right. So you suffer a fearsome wound, which is essentially, um, (laughs) since when did this turn into dark heresy? (laughs) Um, which means that until the end of our session, any either presence or willpower checks that you have to make, the difficulty is increased by one. Oh, Um, so, the result here is that your the electrical jolt through your body has not only caused sort of physical pain, but it has um, like 
it's giving you like, you know, it's made the right side of your body and your arm really sore. You can't kind of use it entirely. Um, there's sort of lingering shooting bits of pain as your nerves are sort of overwhelmed and your, your uh, pain receptors are overwhelmed. Um, so you're going to have a little bit of focus, trouble focusing on certain tasks for the next little while. <laughs> so I'm going to be much like my normal self. Okay. <laughs> well then. Mm-hmm. Ouch. All right. So I'm, I've dropped the data pad and I'm, Ouch. Oh. I'm kind of flapping my arm and, and cursing and, well, turns out the the data pad there. I think I found a security device on it. Uh, I think I found the security device the hard way. So uh, I I take it you didn't find anything useful. I did find something useful, a security device. I mean, not useful for us, but <laughs> I also found out the security device works very well and is very painful. Yeah. Um, I I think we should put the data pad away for now. I agree. I very much agree. Okay. Um, who is going to be holding it? Not me. I'll put it back in my pocket. Good. Okay. Um, in picking it up, you notice that nothing on the screen about the data pad has changed. So okay. it's still all pixelated. It's still all like weird and screwed up. Okay. <coughs> okay. Anything else we want to do or uh, prepare for? Hold on to our butts. Pretty much. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. dear. <laughs> all right. So you guys pass through uh, the rest of the journey to Beggar's Canyon um, without too much trouble. And I've just dropped a new image into the Slack for you guys to all reference. Um, And you actually enter the canyon from the south. So um, you enter the canyon through a small pathway that kind of juts into the canyon itself in that see on the area on the map where i've marked re-enter canyon along pillar tops gotcha yeah so that portion in the southern loop that's kind of where your pathway brings you into the canyon when you enter the canyon you notice a few things there is a on top of um and in on this map it's one of the Inside one of the two loops, the the top loop, there's that black area that's just all black. So inside of that, there is a rather large transport that's sort of just sitting um, in the middle of this area. It's not really in any of the pathways of the canyon. It's sitting on top of a rather large outcropping. Uh, And there's a large number of uh, people, and there are droids, and there are various alien species um, that are all surrounding this ship and they are looking out over at different parts of the canyon. It's a certain, some sort of audience or viewing party. Um, inside the canyon, there on one of the far ends, there seems to be someone <coughs> standing next to a speeder bike, alone, amongst the rest of the canyon. Uh-oh. Hmm. 
This looks like an ambush. Uh, so this person is standing um, on the other side of the stone needle pillar tops in the area near where it says exit canyon, and then there's the where it splits. That's where this person is sort of standing and waiting um, as you enter the canyon. Okay. Um, we should definitely um, be ready to fire if the person is turns out to be hostile. I mean, I kind of expect that they'll probably be hostile. Yes, but the last thing we need is to, like, shoot them and then find out it's someone from the Karthak group or someone we're oh, true. to be nice to. <laughs> uh, true, we have to at least put on a nice face briefly. All right. Well, we should definitely not try to get into any unnecessary trouble. Yeah. All right, so... On ahead towards the finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is so? What are we? Ha- so do we have to make a circuit around the entire canyon, or do we just have to reach the race end part? You aren't sure. Oh. All you know wow. is that the race terminates in Beggars Canyon. You. Oh, okay. You, yeah. So we don't know exactly all of. Hmm. No. All right. Let's just keep following so the loop. The race terminates here. We don't know how it terminates. Yeah. Let's just keep going okay, forward so we're and gonna, try not to crash. We're going to keep forward. Green. Keep going forward uh, towards the store needle, stone needle pillar tops. Yeah. Can we get? Can we see anything about this individual that's standing there? And they are on the ground, right? Obviously. Uh, yes. Okay. They are in the path of your speeder. Um, and the, the canyon is wide enough that okay. you can go around them, but they are in the path of your speeder. Um, from this distance, it's a woman. I mean, you could tell it's a woman. Um, and it very much looks like um, the woman who entered the race with you way back at the beginning. Mm. Hmm. Okay woman who entered the race with us back at the beginning yes one of the women there were more that there was more than one woman in the race but yes it looks like the woman who had been ahead of you uh, previously oh the the one sunny yes sunny bonder oh. um okay. of the seraphs gang all right so we don't she was ahead of us i kind of want to know why she just stopped yeah <laughs> Is she, yeah. make, is she making any sort of gestures towards us or any sort of acknowledgement at all? Uh, no, she uh, is just kind of standing next to a uh, next to a speeder. <laughs> That's does it, alarming. Does it, look, does it look like she broke down? Mm, if she did, you can't tell from this distance as you approach. Right. Hmm. Can we move as far away from her as possible as we try as yes. we go by as we drive by, or can we even go up a little more? Or do we need to just I stay st- down? I still really want to know why she just stopped. Oh my god, you're gonna kill us all! Fine, ask her then. But we're not helping her if she broke down. 
there's tons of there's people coming up behind us. We got to win this race. Okay, can I see anyone coming up behind us right now? You can't see anyone, but you do hear you do hear the engines of other speeders. You see? Okay. God. I want I want to approach her. Just y'all can't see this, but I'm rolling my eyes really hard at Brian. <laughs> approach her and slow down, and I kind of gesture to you two have your blasters ready. Uh, yeah, they're ready. Oh yes, <laughs> very ready. My finger is on the trigger. Is the safety off though? Yes. And I I pull to a stop by her. Oh god, a false. This was a bad plan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then what? And I look over her at Sunny and I say, with that big of a lead, why'd you just stop? Oh god, he's trying to talk. Um she looks at you, um, arms crossed, very sort of nonchalantly, and she says there's no reason to keep running a race. I already won. Oh. Are you sure? And she, uh, uh, at your question, she points up at the the crowd and the group on the cliff and be like, ask them. I thought you were going to be a challenge. She's cocky. Hmm. What is the crowd doing? They're just kind of watching, mostly. They're, I mean, you can hear the sounds of commotion and cheering and stuff like that, but like, it very much just looks like, I mean, they're just sort of observing what's going on. So it definitely doesn't seem like it, a, a, a group observing something that's over. Hmm. Like, they're still actively involved. Um, I mean, when I say cheering, I just mean there's noise and stuff okay. like that. Um, I don't know. She's, she's standing there. She thinks she won the race. Well, I think we should keep going until someone tells us for sure who won the race. So I look uh, back at her. I look at my at my team, and I just smile at Sunny and say, "Well, you know, congratulations." And I push forward again. Okay. okay. Alrighty, that's that's actually a sensible approach. <laughs> <laughs> No, she can sit there and think she won all she wants. We're going to go finish the race. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm i not convinced that she's actually won the race because this seems like a very anticlimactic finish line. Uh, so, I... I uh, also, how does she know if she's on the finish line? Yeah. So, I, I uh, engage the throttle again and I push forward north. Uh... Now, the way I'm reading this map, uh, it looks like it diverges a little bit uh, past the stone needle pillar tops. Yes, it does. There are sort of two pathways around this circle. One of them, the one that cuts to the inside is more of like a low road, and the one on the right is kind of like a high road. Um, okay. So it's sort of like 
there's two paths you could go. They they will eventually meet again and continue on the same path, but it's sort of like, oh, am I going let you know, am I going low road or high road um, okay. for this part of the the canyon? I want to try and get some visual on anything, so I'm taking the high road. Okay. So we're pushing, yeah, pushing on through the high road uh, around that bank. Okay. While uh, Lane begins to steer you guys that way, um, ladies, is either of you taking any action? Um, just keep an eye out behind us for blaster fire. Yes, blaster fire or Sunny there trying to mess us up. Yes. Because if she thinks she's one, she could just sabotage us. Yep. Okay. Um, so you guys head around the top there. As you do, um, uh, Dia and Kira looking back and following. Um, Sunny just kind of looks at you, just kind of like watches you guys go. As you're starting to turn the corner and she's starting to head out of sight, you see her reach into the, her pocket and pull something out of it. Does not look like a blaster or a gun, but she pulls a small thing in her pocket, out of her pocket. Um, but then your speeder kind of goes around a corner and you don't really see her anymore, so you can't tell exactly what it was. Um, the uh, road that you were on begins to incline slightly, not, not enough that you're in any danger of like falling out of the speeder or anything, just rise normally. Um, it rises to a level that's about halfway um, up the the height of where that ship is anchored and where all of the beings are watching you from. Um, and you can see that it it seems to be comprised of a great number of the people who were there at the beginning of the race. Um, you can see uh, the Twi'lek who sort of announced the start of the race, who introduced everyone. You actually can see Zertok sitting on a like a what looks like a sort of mobile makeshift dais that was probably like rolled off of that ship with him on it. Um, and you can see a bunch of his guards. You can see other members of the gang. Um, and then there are all sorts of other sort of beings around there who seem to represent the rest of the audience um, who may or may not have been present in that large room when the, the race began. Guys, this looks like the finish line. I suddenly have a really bad feeling about this. <laughs> well, Why did you say that? Well, let's cross the finish line then. Yeah. Go. At least we have blasters. We can defend ourselves. <laughs> We're probably walking into a fight, but aren't we always? Yeah. I'm more worried about Sunny. Well, we'll deal with her later. Jeez. Go. Okay. I push us towards what I think is the finish line. Okay. So you swing the uh, you swing the um, speeder around and continue onward. When you reach the area where your high road kind of uh, comes back and meets with the road, the 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 low road, as you kind of actually bottom out on the canyon floor, there is a. Um, there's a protocol droid just sitting in the middle, standing in the middle of the canyon floor, and he is waving at you um, and sort of flagging you down. All right. 
Okay. Or trying to flag you down. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna pull back on the throttle, thinking that hey, maybe this droid is signaling. Yep, this is the end of the race. So I angle towards the droid, slow down, and try and hear what the droid has to say. Okay, ladies, is that what you would like to do? I yes. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, uh, so you slow down, and uh, the droid, you know, waits until you kind of slow down completely, um, and the droid um, uh, kind of gets a little bit closer to the, uh, comes up a little bit closer to the speeder, and uh, informs you that you are the second people to arrive in the canyon, and that um, you should uh, wait further instruction. Um, that uh, they want to wait until all uh, surviving parties have entered the canyon before they announce the results of the race. Uh, um, well then, okay. so just getting here doesn't necessarily mean that you win. Yeah. Um, and the droid indicates <laughs> Which means that we still have should... a chance, guys. So... <sighs> the droid indicates that you should return, you know, it indicates a number of areas where you can wait. Um, he indicates you can either go back to the area where near where you entered, which is kind of the area where it looks like Sonny has chosen to wait. Um, he indicates that you can wait um, just along the low road, which was not the path that you took, but a little further up from where Sonny is. Um, or that you can wait kind of right here uh, where he is. Um, but that either way, you are not going to be permitted to leave the canyon um, until the race has come to its full conclusion. Okay. I guess All right, well, we, I think we should wait away from Sunny. Yes. I think we should not be where Sunny is. I don't... I, I, I'm kind of wary about waiting near Sunny and waiting near these grandstands. What was the uh, other option where you could wait at? Um, You could wait a little further up from where Sunny is, um, but... That, you know, it was just kind of an area further up from where Sonny decided to wait. Sonny decided to wait much further down towards the entrance of the canyon. Um, there's a spot up there that he told you you can go wait at. Okay. I would like to go to that spot. Any disagreements? Nope. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. We are heading towards that spot um, okay. further up from Sonny. So you backtrack to that, and uh, so now you're in the spot where it says Exit Canyon on the right there, and it has that green arrow. You're actually basically at the end of that arrow. So actually, you're along the high road. Um, uh, yeah, you're actually along the high road. Uh, you wait there, uh, and a few minutes later, um, the other large speeder pulls into the canyon, um, and in it, you see um, uh, Adwin. Uh, Gorge, the two Red Key Company members, um, who you had actually last seen fighting with one of the Karthak group um, for one of the last speeders. It looks like they came away with it and they um, have arrived in the canyon. Um, 
right on their heels comes another of the single um, person speeder bikes, uh, similar to the one that Sunny is riding, and uh, her like very large burly uh, compatriot who you met earlier um, is uh, is piloting it. Um, he has kind of scorching and uh well not really scorching more just like kind of like dirt and it looks like some soot or ash or something like on a good amount of his upper body and he actually has scorching from it what it looks like a blaster wound on his right shoulder Hmm. uh the two gentlemen in the large speeder seem uh unscathed and their speeder seems in fine shape other than being all sandy from having been out in the 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 wastes of tatooine for quite a while well, I think right now would be a very good time to hide those blasters. Is that what you're going to do? I'm going to tuck mine away under my jacket so that it is not very visible. I will follow the lead. But also keep it handy in case I need to draw it quickly. I'm That's just why it's gonna... right under my jacket. I'm just going to stand there and wish I had a blaster. Uh-huh. Why don't you stand <laughs> behind us? That's a great idea. I'm going to stand behind them. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, not long after that, uh, coming into the canyon alone on a speeder bike, uh, comes Bardwin from the Carthac group. Oh. Um, Bardwin looks to have some bruises and um, looks to have kind of like he's got like a bloodied eye and he's got. Um, just kind of a lot of um, bruises and, and scrapes on himself, but, you know, he seems intact. Um, each of them, in turn, kind of goes around um, goes around past you guys. None of them stop to talk to you, though Bardwin um, kind of gives you guys an extra moment of stare as he comes around. Um, and they disappear around the corner, but then eventually you see both of them return and they kind of linger between you and Sonny. It's clear they've stopped. They've heard the instruction from the droid. And they're coming here to now wait. The large uh, compatriot of Sonny actually never goes around to where the droid is. Because as soon as he sees Sonny, he stops his bike right next to her. And they start talking. Okay. Okay. Um. Are you guys still waiting? Are you still just be seeing what happens, yeah, or are you I guys think gonna just waiting? Yep. Yep. Just kind of biding our time and seeing what's going to happen. Yes. Not I stirring actually, up any new trouble. I actually want to uh, move over to Bardwin oh, just no. real quick and just kind of whisper to no. him. Stay close. Stop. Why? Stick with us, stay close, and then I head back to where I was. Um, Bardwin doesn't really respond to you um, when you come up and say that to him. He makes eye contact with you for a second, but he doesn't say anything. Um, He doesn't look happy. He looks very uh, pensive, to say the least. A few minutes after Lane returns, um, Sonny and her compatriot are still talking. The two guys from Red Key are kind of glaring at everyone. They kind of 
not quite back to back in their speeder, but they're kind of like one of them's looking up towards you, the other's looking down towards um, the seraphs. Like they're kind of just keeping their eyes on everything. Um, and Bardwin is just kind of sitting there waiting. Um, a few minutes later, from above, you hear the sound of the Twi'lek from before. Um, you hear him saying something in the crowd up there, and suddenly the kind of low din from the crowd disappears as they come to attention. And the Twi'lek steps forward to the edge of this platform, and he's holding uh, a small device. And he starts to speak into it, and it kind of and it amplifies his voice down to you guys. And he says, "The great, the great and wonderful Zertok congratulates each of you on making it to this stage um, of the race. Um, at this time, uh, my lord Zertok invites um, uh, invites you." Uh, to take stock of your uh, momentary victory um, and to reflect on the uh, the challenge that awaits you. Says all of this rather vaguely. Challenge? Stage of the race? I find challenge that, that awaits us? I find that vague and unconvincing. Um, I'm not surprised that wasn't the end. He then, the Twi'lek then turns around and walks back closer to the dais where Zyrtok is. And he actually goes and stands right in front of Zertok, holding this device up to the mouth of the hut. And the hut begins to speak to you in Hatis um, and begins to kind of point down at you and is going on and on. And uh, you can't understand a word he's saying. And uh, he points kind of gestures over you and points kind of generally at the group. Uh, and then looks at the Twi'lek, and the Twi'lek says, um, at this time, you know, the gracious Lord Zyrtok uh, grants leave uh, to those of you who, um, uh, who, um, you know, grants leave to those of you who um, established um, a prior consideration. And at that moment, the two members of Red Key kind of, the, the tension comes out of their shoulders. They kick the engine up on their speeder and they go zooming around through the low road and disappear. Uh, what does special consideration mean? Does that uh, mean Bardwin, they just get allowed to cheat they? do what they want? Bardwin just looks around. Uh, doesn't really move or do anything. Looking over at Sunny, you see her and her compatriot having a conversation for a moment. Um, it looks like she's explaining something to him. Uh, and she points up at Zertok. Then she points down at you and the, the group of you and at Bardwin. She then gets on her speeder bike and starts to zoom towards you guys, seemingly ah. taking the same path as the Red Key. Her compatriot stays where he is. As she passes, um, she just yells Slimo to you and just like keeps going. <laughs> I've been called worse. I say we follow them. Are are we? Can we do that without getting in trouble? You can do anything without getting in trouble or shot or killed. Hey, this isn't a fair contest, so why not try? Bardwin know anything about this? Can we ask Bardwin if he knows what does he mean by special consideration? 
Bardman, do you know what he what they mean by prior special considerations? Uh, he just looks at you and mumbles, probably anyone who isn't a prisoner. That's you know helpful. what? You, you know, we could have been allies if you weren't such a butt. <laughs> <laughs> he looks up at the, the, the crowd and at Zertok and looks back at you and says, we really have other, you know, like, that that's what you choose to focus on right now. We got a lot more bigger problems than that. Well, Come on, guys, all, we've got a race to win. By all means, by all means, sir, why don't you tell me what those bigger problems are? Um, before he can, <laughs> uh, Zertok again starts talking, um, and you start hearing words like uh, Chopachawa <laughs> and Chiska, and uh, you can't really make any of these out. But he seems to be kind of like explaining something. He seems to be like kind of giving instructions. Um, and he points, he kind of, you know, takes one of his kind of small arms and like waves it around in a large circle um, and says, uh, D. Bunki and, and indicates like the land around him. Um, then you hear the word Kilia. Well, I think I know what that one means. Let's get out of here, guys. And then he again gestures to the Twi'lek, who steps forward and explains um, uh, a great, you know, that a great honor is about to be disposed, dis- um, is about to be um, bestowed upon all of you, oh. in that you will now compete in the final stage of the race for the entertainment of the glorious and wonderful Lord, Lord Zertok. The first team or first person to complete three laps around the canyon ending here. And he indicates kind of the spot where uh, you guys are ending here will be declared the winner. <laughs> okay. Uh but he also indicates that this is a race to the death. <laughs> well and then, only now I know what the blasters were for. Person or group will survive this <coughs> whole thing. Yeah, now I definitely know what the blasters are. How for. many people are there now? Are still there? There's the three of you. There's Bardwin, and there is the other Seraph gang member um, who was with. So Simon. there's only five people. Well, I think we know what the blasters are for now. Yeah. Do they have blasters? You don't know. Probably. Uh, Zertok pushes the Twi'lek from behind and says something to him uh, as if he's forgotten something and he's now a little bit angry at the Twi'lek. The Twi'lek looks down and says, you know, if if competing for the glory of Lord Zertok is not, um, you know, uh, motivation enough um, I should remind you that to the winner, um, you will be given a, a, a great opportunity within the ranks of, of amongst the huts um, in that you will be uh, dispatched out to um, you will be dispatched to help oversee um, the the founding of a new hut stronghold um, and that you will be at the vanguard of the next great era of 
of the Hut clan. Uh, and he says, you know, the, the losers will find their lives ended here, you know, in the, you know, dusty wastes of Tatooine, um, to the victors, um, glory and, you know, eternal service to the huts awaits, uh, awaits, um, in a, you know, on a far off planet, um, under the, uh, under the service of uh, Zertok's um, sibling, basically a person who he only identifies as uh, uh, Nima. Alrighty then. <laughs> okay. Well, of course, there's plenty of huts being huts and promising whatever. I mean, we're here on a mission. We just have to do that. Yeah. One thing at a uh, time. He then says that if at this moment anyone has any words that they would like to um, speak, that uh, the you know wondrous, gracious, and merciful Lord Zertok uh, will hear them now. No, I'm just staying focused on the task. I clasp my hand over Lane's mouth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I glare at Lane and Dia just so they don't say anything really, really stupid. I want to know why the one guy stayed when his when Sunny left. Why did she have him stay? If it's a f- the race to the death, he could have left with her. Is he trying to make sure we don't win? Probably. What a jerk. I mean, when in doubt, assume that people are not on your <coughs> side, so... Just shoot him now. <laughs> I mean, it is a race to the death. Um, See, Bartok, if we had allied together, we would, could have just won all together. But no. Bartok <laughs> is a character from Anastasia. You're thinking of Bartok. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I was thinking of that. my mind, too. Um, much like you, uh, both Bardwin and um, I was, the Seraph I was, gang I member. Was con- I was combining Bardwin and Karthak. Karthak. All right, not not bad. Um, like you guys, both Bardwin and the um, Seraph gang member... Uh, decline to make any sort of statements. However, as the Twi'lek is telling all of you to sort of like, you know, get your uh, get your speeders prepared and you're going to be moving over to the other side of the canyon where that droid was. That's where you guys are going to be starting. Um, Bardwin comes up to you and says, um, if you guys get me out of here, I can get you to my people and better yet, I can give the Rebel Alliance the one thing it needs to win the war. Bardwin, you've got yourself a deal. <laughs> well, and that, that was my easy. Friends, is where we are going to end tonight's session. Yay! Hooray! Ah, oh, that was fun. <laughs> okay, and I know we say this, uh, we, we've said this a bunch lately, but we really are going to get on a more regular recording schedule. Uh, Merc team is scheduling some time. We've also got a couple cool side things coming up. Um, I just got for Christmas the uh, Force Awakens beginner game. Who so bought you that? My lovely wife Nancy bought me that. <laughs> so uh, we'll be playing that at some point with a whole new group of uh, newbies uh, who have not tabletopped before. 
And uh, Tom, you had a great idea for a side episode that we're going to do, hopefully not in the too distant future. I want to talk about that one real quick. Yeah. So, um, and actually we were talking about, you know, like live casting and stuff. And I think live casting will work great for this. But uh, one of the things we want to do is, aside from having fun making, uh, playing through adventures and telling stories like this, is we really want to help people learn more about how to create characters, run their own games. And that means also creating adventures. Um, it's really easy and it's a lot of fun to run RPG games when you've got pre-made adventures that you can find online or that they come with the intro books like the beginner boxes uh, that Brian just mentioned. Um, but what's really cool is that moment when you decide, you know what, I have a story I really want to tell or me and my friends have a story we really want to tell and there's no set adventure for it but we want to put the bones of a, an adventure together so we can run it so we are actually going to over the course of one session maybe two sessions depending on how it works we are going to build an adventure from scratch we're going to build an adventure from soup to nuts we are going to start with the con concept for an adventure and we are going to basically crowdsource building a Star Wars RPG adventure that we will then put together enough that people can actually download it and take it with them and try running it, even if it's just kind of like a one-page sheet of like how you would run, what adventure you would run. Um, we are going to build some basic character templates for it. We're going to build some basic encounter ideas. We're going to build antagonists. We're going to basically build an adventure. Um, and we're going to solicit input from listeners. We're going to have guests on who are going to help us. It'll be a fun exercise in building out an adventure. And the reason that I wanted to do this is because I think that recent Star Wars events and recent Star Wars uh, releases have given us probably the easiest and coolest um, hook for an adventure, which is where you always need to start. And that is, we're going to steal the Death Star plans. <laughs> um, we're not going to steal the Death Star plans like Rogue One, i.e. we're not literally just going to create an adventure that um, lays out encounters for the film events of Rogue One, but we are going to use that hook of stealing the Death Star plans prior to the events of epi you know, Episode 4, A New Hope, and we are going to craft an adventure around that. So we will define who are the characters going to steal the plans, who are the people they're stealing them from, where are the plans, how might they get them, all of those things. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll figure out the exact details. We'll figure out exactly where we're going to do it. We'll give people lots of time in advance. Um, but it should be a blast. I really can't wait to do it. I think it'll be a, a lot of fun. And it'll be a really great way for anyone who's interested in building their own adventures to learn the sort of building blocks of what you need to take into account. Very cool. So, yeah, keep your eyes out uh, on the on our uh, social feeds. When we get that scheduled, we're going to live cast this thing. So you can j hop in the chat, listen in and be a part of this. This sounds awesome. Yes. It's very much like the old EU. <laughs> you had every, every particular story you could think of for how to steal the Death Star plans. All right, very cool. There's at least some part of me that wants some boffins in there somewhere. <laughs> All right, we do have one more announcement, and this isn't an of Dice and Droids thing, but uh, if you are going to Star Wars Celebration, you are going to want to attend... Oh, what what's the official name for this? Drowning in Moonlight. Drowning in Moonlight. This is a Carrie Fisher charity Memorial gala, charity. memorial gala yes. that uh, will be happening at uh, Celebration 730 Thursday at the Rosen Center. 
Uh, it's going to be a we're working out uh, the pricing details now and how to get tickets, but uh, tr- trust us, you will not miss it. Keep uh, keep your eyes out for more details soon. Uh, on that note, though, we're going to go ahead and wrap up there. Tom, thanks for another great adventure. Thank you. And we will catch you all next time. Keep your eyes out for the Merc team and our uh, news and our upcoming side episodes. So long, everyone. Bye. This podcast is still not canon. For more information about the campaign and Star Wars tabletop RPGs, visit Tashi-Station.net.